Hello founders or wannabe founders, welcome to yet another episode of YC Founder Stories. I'm your host Sharad. Today I have a friend, I have a good friend of mine uh, who went to YC and I had the opportunity to work with him uh, on, on, a, on an advisory role like, you know, for almost like what, six, eight months. Uh, but without further ado, Ish Baid, welcome to the show. How are you feeling? I'm doing great. I'm so happy to be here. That's awesome. Yeah, that's great to hear. Ish. So for folks who don't know about Ish, Ish is the founder of, uh, was the founder of Virtually. He sold that business and he went into YC. But let's, let's get into the interview. You know, excited to unpack, uh, you know, how you, how you got into YC and, you know, all the other things because Ish has a wealth of wisdom he, he can share with us today. And I'm sure you'll learn uh, more than a lesson or two here. And I'm, I'm eager to learn, learn like, you know, uh, a lot of things from Ish, uh, but yeah, let's get into it. So, the the episode is divided into two parts. One is have this standard questions that that, that I ask every founder, uh, which will cover virtually. And you know, of course, we have like a like a candid, you know, uh, unfiltered second part where we we talk about all things failure, challenges, and everything, and also your you know new project reflow. So let's get into it. All right. The first question, what is your startup idea or what was your startup idea when you, when you got into YC? Yeah, absolutely. So we got into the YC for the summer 20 batch and we were essentially building the Shopify for online schools. Uh, if you, you know, take a time machine back to uh, 2020, mm. you know, that's when kind of COVID and the pandemic was happening. And so uh, the idea seemed very, very appealing because we were at a point where people really couldn't go out. Uh, and we're stuck at home. And so learning and education needed to adapt. And so uh, we essentially started building Shopify for online schools. Actually, we'd been working for working on it for like a year before. Um, mm. So that's where I think where we kind of got lucky. We were at the right place at the right time because uh, I had always believed that education was going to move to primarily online as a medium just because you get access to you know much wider array of knowledge from industry experts no matter where you lived. And so we started that business, yeah, in, in 2019. And it just happened to be that when 2020 rolled around, uh, you know, we got this huge tailwind from COVID. Um, mm. so, so that was that was the essentially the idea we got into YC. Right, right. And how did you come up with the idea? Yeah, so I mean, I think um, the origin story was always that I, I was a uh, I was an engineer at Facebook and I remember there was uh, I was living in Seattle at the time and there was this snowstorm in, I think I want to say February, March of 2019. And I'm stuck mm. indoors. Um, and I was playing around with some conferencing software and I kind of just realized that conferencing was getting really, really good. And it really expanded my mind. And I started to think about like, okay, if, if conferencing continues to get better, like what is that the impact on? Uh, different industries and education is one that's you know was near and dear to my heart as somebody who um, is just an avid kind of learner somebody who loves to take courses on the side who who uh, was a graduate student instructor in college and so um, the whole premise was okay like you know over time it just only makes sense that you can learn from anybody not just the people who live directly around you and so remote education I thought was going to be a huge piece of that and so that's when I really started leaning in and building the platform and that was yeah around march uh, like mid-march of 2019 mm, wow uh 
What are the key elements to focus on when applying to YC? Yeah, this one's um, this one I know something about. Uh, my journey to YC was actually uh, quite a long one. I um, like a lot of people. I applied multiple times, but um, I actually applied six times to YC. Now, not, oh. not all with one company, but over the course of like first about hearing about YC uh, as an undergrad. Um, mm. So applying, you know, while I was in school for my with my first company, applying a couple times with that company, mm. and then applying for virtually actually three times before virtually finally got in. And wow. then I also um, interviewed with YC. Um, I had gotten of those six applications, I think four times I was actually offered an interview, and then tw- uh, twice I actually showed up to the interview, and once I actually finally got it. So long, long journey <laughs> in terms of what did I learn from going through all of that is. Man, it's uh, it's definitely competitive, but I think um, the things that are really important to get across um, with the application is just just deep insight, right? I think there's a couple of things, which is like, what is it that you know, based on your experiences, that you have an advantage where you know market where other people don't, and then being able to succinctly um, articulate that into your application. So just having, I think, a clear idea of who you're building for what you're building and how it's going to grow like mm-hmm. clear, that that's really all you need in the application and being able to concisely express that um i i think the one thing that yc definitely hates is just the, the jargon and and you know people trying to come off really impressive and have all these um crazy stats or partnerships and at the end mm-hmm. of the day like they're not looking for that they're just looking for hey like what's the founder market fit here? Like, what's the opportunity? And mm. you're not, I mean, most YC companies now who come into the batch don't have revenue at all. So it's like, it's not even about revenue. It's just about how good is the opportunity and how well suited are you to execute on that opportunity? Mm, I love that. Uh, if you want, if you may share your YC experience in probably like one, two sentences, interview experience, more importantly. This might be a little cliche, but it's it's to make something people want. So that's like the tagline for YC, which is just make something people want. And it sounds so simple, so basic, but it's so surprising the number of startups who fail to do just that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think if I like had to like say it another way, is just like um, build stuff that people want to buy. Um, I think that's that's another way to phrase it because I think too much and i think i made this mistake as well which is like too much is we want to basically build what we want to build but it's not necessarily something people want to buy and i think those are two different things and just understanding uh to go out and have empathy for the user and and kind of Mm. building for them is really important so yeah Mm. i think that would be my kind of uh spin-off of yc's mantra and what about the interview itself, like the, the whole interview experience, you know, do you want to phrase it in, in probably like one, two sentences? Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's a 10 minute interview. It's very intense. Uh, and it just people kind of grilling you on your business. <laughs> right. Um, I've done it both in person and remote, uh, it used to be in person. It used to fly you out to mountain. View. Uh-huh. That's very, uh, anxiety inducing. I will say that, um, doing it remotely is actually uh it feels uh great just being able to do it from the comfort of your home i think it's just uh it's just easier uh, mm. and you can have your notes pulled up too so um mm. yeah that's that's kind of the 
it's just intense. That's what I would say. It's just like you get grilled on your business like pretty thoroughly. So just it can be pretty chaotic. Right, right. Uh, did you pivot your idea during or after YC? Yeah. So I think every it's natural for any startups to kind of evolve. Um, we went through a bunch of like kind of like soft pivots, right? Um, mm -hmm. uh, and then we did ha we did have one hard pivot, I think, later in the business life cycle. But in terms of like, yeah, like when we got into YC, we were basically kind of building the Shopify for online schools, mm. um, helping people build their own online schools. Turns out there wasn't like a huge market for that. And so we kind of slowly t over time pivoted to being more of an analytics software for online schools, coding boot camps, accelerators, programs like that. And then that ended up being, again, that was what people wanted to buy. Right. It wasn't necessarily what we wanted to build, but that's what people wanted to buy. And so that's where we found the market. Um, so so that was that was something that took just like talking to customers, spending a lot of time with them, learning what their what their problems are uh, to get to that insight. Sure. How did YC help you go from zero to one to N? Yeah, I mean, I think YC is great for people who are, you know, I think competitive in nature. Um, I've always been that way, which is like, um, yeah, sure. Like you can tell me to accomplish something and I can, you know, obviously set my goal and I try to accomplish it, but I'm very competitive in nature. So if obviously I think if you put other people next to me who are also trying to hit, you know, similar goals, I'm going to try to work so much harder. And I think that's, that's the beauty of YC is at the end of the day, it's just creating accountability, right? Sure. You could emulate the same thing for yourself, but it's, it's, when you're surrounded by people, some of the best builders in the world, and mm. you see them see how much they can accomplish in a short period of time, it really motivates you to, to try to do the same. Um, mm. And so I think just creating that accountability uh, mm. with, that, with the community, with the structured program, with kind of all the guidance and lessons, I think that's how it really enabled me to move faster. Mm, interesting. Uh, if you want to share, like, uh, share a do things that don't scale story in your virtually journey yeah doing things that don't scale <laughs> i think that's uh i think in the early days there was a lot of stuff like this we custom built a lot of integrations um so there was there was i think a few customers that we really wanted and the product they wanted was like very different than the product we had built mm. and so at the end of the day we just grinded and we're like okay look like um yeah, they want something that's very, very custom. And, you know, I think people are very nervous about that, which is like, mm -hmm. you don't want to do too much customization because then, you know, then that's not what the product is designed for. But I think in the early days, I think it's okay because it's like, because um, if you're doing these customizations, as long as you're learning and you're getting close to the customer, you're, you theoretically are building what they want to buy, right? So then mm -hmm. you get closer to a sale and it, you do enough of those. Um, and eventually you'll start to see patterns emerge in terms of what people want. And then that, then you can start to scale down the road. And so I think really, I think a lot of great businesses that I've seen, they start out feeling like, especially with software companies, they start off feeling like services businesses where really your goal is not to build software, but it's to solve a problem for customers. And it doesn't matter if it's a product or it's a service, whatever they like, they don't care, right? They just care about solving their problems. And so, Mm. Being extremely focused on just helping them solve their problems, I think that's that should be the focus. And so we grinded out these integrations, or, mm. uh, these very custom use cases that we, you know, 
they were customers we really wanted, but it wasn't the product we built. And then they were happy. They became happy customers. And so we just pivoted our entire company just to focus on that use case. And so nice. uh, that wouldn't have happened if we hadn't done those custom integrations in the early days. Nice, nice. Uh, we'll get into all the details. I'm just, you know, going through the first phase. So how did you get your first thousand users? Man, that's a, that's a great question. Um, we launched on product hunt. That's what YC helped us with was we kind of had a big public launch, but as uh, I think a lot of people know is once you have big public launches, uh, they tend to be pretty disappointed because immediately you'll see that crash. Um, uh, it's great for, you know, product hunt's great for, I think, exposure, but like most of the people who sign up are probably not your target customers. But mm. after the initial, I think, um, hype has uh, kind of drifted away, then you can focus on the people who are left and the people who stuck around and start building for them. And so for us, you know, we got like our first like paying customer from product hunt. Afterwards, we just kind of like stayed. We did a lot of cold outbound. There was a lot of relationship building. It was just a lot of sales. Like, honestly, it was just like grinding our way uh, to sales. And then, like I said, I did those custom integrations. And, you know, those uh, those early custom integrations we did brought in thousands and thousands of students into our platform. And so mm. um, for us, that was, that was absolutely key is um, just putting our heads out and doing the work in terms of selling the product. I love that. Uh, last question in that in this first round. Uh, share three tips for founders who are trying to get into YC. I know we, the batch is you know done now, but probably yeah. like you know for folks who want to apply for next year. Yeah, well, I think the first thing is just to start um, start with a great market and a great team. I think that's where um, I I didn't take the right approach like everybody wants to come in with like, their big idea um but the thing is ideas change like when you're working on a business mm -hmm. i think it's just you're naturally you're going to go through so many pivots so many changes the idea almost doesn't matter but mm -hmm. the market matters a lot because if, if it's a good market um even if you get everything else wrong you can still win which is great mm. whereas if you're in a bad market you can get everything else right and still lose so mm. uh, really tough lesson uh for me to have learned so now i know have a have a great co-founder have a great team choose a great market spend a lot of time validating it's a good market there's you know willingness to pay mm. uh, and and then then go in and try to start your business and with kind of getting into yc it just Try to make progress. Like try to move fast. Try to make progress as quickly as possible, and show YC that you're capable of getting stuff done. Um, mm. And even if you don't get in, keep going. Like it's surprising how many people just like if they don't get into YC, they just quit. But like the vast right. majority of YC founders didn't get in on their first attempt. You know, it's just right. like second or third, or for me sixth. Right? It was ridiculous how right. how much uh, effort I had to put in. Um, to get in so it's uh you know don't take it personally i think it's just um at the end of the day your goal is not to get into yc i think too many people put that as their their goal and i think that's the mm. wrong goal to have you're trying to build a business right and yc might be one path to getting there but there's capital as a commodity there's a lot of great investors out there you can even fund it with profits and so yc loves to invest in companies that don't need them and so if you can prove that you don't need yc and you're going to be successful regardless um they're much more likely going to be uh to invest in you 
I love that. I think that's something uh, a lot of people, a lot of founders stumble upon. I feel their goal is to go and get into IC. And they think that post that milestone, magically everything will be figured out. Like, you know, but I feel what you said is absolutely true. I think uh, the goal is to build a self-sustainable business. And in that process, you basically take help from either YC or other venture, you know, firms out there, or even like, you know, bootstrap by your own, right? Like do your own thing. Uh, don't answer to anybody. You don't have a board <laughs> uh, as such. Uh, but anyway, uh, appreciate you, Ish, for sharing all that. Now I'm excited to like dive into this candid discussion. Uh, talk to me about virtually, like, you know, you said it took you one year to even get into YC and you applied for three times. Uh, so talk to me about the whole journey. What what are some things that you learned and kudos, congrats on, you know, uh, selling the business and, you know, moving on from it. Like you, you, you now have closure, you know, you started something, now you have, you know, ended it. But yeah, the three years, uh, three times applying for YC, that one year before so what did you do what you know if you want to share the whole journey would you know would love to hear yeah i mean the journey was quite interesting quite a ride four and a half years um it started with i think obviously i, I sh share the origin story after mm. essentially coming up with the idea of starting to build a platform uh, i worked on it just exploring the market for about six to nine months uh, that's where we raised our first pre-seed round from a four capital mm. Super grateful for the investors there. Um, Guarva and Amitra are terrific, incredible. Mm -hmm. uh, if you're lucky enough to work with them, I think um, you know they're really they're some of the most supportive investors you can have. So I'm very lucky. Um, they invested in me. They gave us our first 300k check, um, and then after that, we continued building, iterating. Eventually, got to you know the Shopify model for schools. Got into YC. Did YC after YC. We actually before demo day closed our round it happened quite quickly uh from tiger global so tiger global led our seed round uh and in total the company we raised 2.2 million dollars in capital and uh then we grew out the team so then it went from being me to another full-time engineer and then we brought on two more engineers and a designer ahead of customer success and so and then a bunch of contractors and continue to build the platform iterate for the better part of the next uh two three years really um until we had a buyer approach us earlier this year it seemed like a good opportunity i think um to basically move on to the next thing and i i was totally toast too uh <laughs> um and so i learned a lot and, and there's a lot of things that i think i wanted to do differently with the next business and i think i was ready to move on to a new market new mm -hmm. industry and so uh i took I, yeah i took the uh exit and uh took some time off and yeah now just getting back into building with my new thing that's it that's that's the spirit right i love love one thing i love about you is you are a builder by nature right <laughs> you, you want to build things uh either for yourself and you know for for others uh so you said you wanted to do things differently this time and i'm curious i know you're you're working on your new project we'll talk about that but what are the things that that you want to do differently this time, the second round, uh, post-exit, number one. Number two is, if you were to go back and do something differently, what would those be? 
Yeah, so I'll I'll start off with just what I talked about before the foundation, right? Is if you're in a good market, right, and you have a good team, like I think you can get everything else wrong and you can still win. So a huge amount of focus on market. Um really just really thinking about market, um, getting very experimental, um, spending a lot of times doing things that don't scale. So I just think like to build a great software business, I think in the early days, like just to build like a services business and just go out and manually solve problems for a specific set of users and then using software to automate it over time. I think that's just such a better approach uh, to building a company because you just get validated learnings from like day one and then you build trust with the industry and you have customers. Um, and so I think that a lot of my mental models have flipped because I think before I used to think what you know i think silicon valley glorifies which is you know raise a ton of capital hire a lot of employees like that's what like feels really prestigious and i've kind of learned is like oh a lot of those companies actually die and it's actually devastating for the employees who go through the layoffs and that process and so you know now i have a very different philosophy which is like i really admire companies who can who can obviously get to venture scale but do it with like as few employees and as little outside funding as possible right i think like we've just come to like look at silicon valley and see it as this kind of like it's it's this like hamster wheel of like following funding rounds right and like it's like people talk about like oh like getting into yc being their goal or raising a series a is going getting their goal but like i think those are the wrong goals right like i think like really like why are we doing this we're doing to solve problems and build a business and so the goal isn't to get venture it isn't to hire people it's to solve problems and get things done and so what you know there's multiple ways to do that maybe venture is the right route maybe it's not and so i'm going in with thinking like hey venture might be a route that we go down but maybe not right like it depends on the market it you know once you get the product off the ground like not every product is meant to be venture scale or has the potential to be so i want to first make sure get the engine running and seeing okay like you know let's let's scale this to a million dollars in revenue and then after that like you know, can we expand this? Can we go to different markets? Um, and so if if it makes sense to go big, then then take the venture capital and go big. But maybe we can get big without that too, right? I just, I think like um, being more open. I think like if I had to summarize like um, all my, like how my philosophy, how it's different this time around, it's, it's just being more open-minded about the different kind of options and different paths we can take and really relying on validated learnings. Just like- right just not building with what I want to build, but build what the market wants. It's just always listening for feedback uh, and then making decisions based on that feedback. I love that. I think you, your emphasis on market, um, you know, uh, is something that even I miss because we all fall into the trap of uh, ideas being sexy, right? Like the, uh, but we forget like, you know, who are we building for uh, and how big is that thing, you know, in terms of real tangible, like how big can this be, right? Uh, just a follow-up question on that. Now that you are being very open-minded, you don't have to necessarily go to venture. In your opinion, you've raised millions of dollars before. Do you recommend a, this is the path uh, that, you know, people should focus on, founders should focus on. Uh, first of all, I think, you know, before even asking whether it is right or wrong, do you really think, uh, or why would one founder should raise money? Like, why, what, what is the, the, the core 
reason or the motivator factor that they go after these rounds? Yeah, I think the best time to raise capital is obviously when like capital is the biggest bottleneck to growth, right? Like I think like one, you should decide if you want to go big, right? Like it might not necessarily be the right path. It might not be the life you want to live, but like, you know, is that, is that what you want, right? If it is, and capital happens to be the biggest bottleneck, then yeah, absolutely venture makes total sense. For a lot of people though, like that's not, like that's the thing is like, we live in an era where building software is getting cheaper and cheaper, right? Especially with all the AI tech that's coming out. And so it's like the cost of software is going down, but like seed rounds are going up. So it's just like, it doesn't make sense. Like people, you like, you're raising more capital because you can. And the danger of having too much capital is then once you have a lot of money, every problem you want to solve is just throwing money at it. Mm. Uh, and you take away the creativity of building businesses. And I think that's just like when you don't have money, when you don't have a lot of capital, it forces you to be incredibly creative. And I think that's when startups do their best work too. So mm. um, I think some really good, you know, use cases for raising venture capital is obviously when like you're tackling this uh, a big market and like you know you have traction it's working and then you start to see kind of competitors emerge and so um right. if you if you care a lot about like um capturing the market before mm. kind of other other competitors emerge that's that's i think i've seen a really good reason for raising capital mm. is just to basically go head to head you know airbnb had a great reason to raise capital when they had a, a competitor emerge in europe and they wanted to go head to head so like that was a great right. reason sometimes mm. you have like you have like the right leverage like for example you get you know you get offered uh, you get preempted around or you get an acquisition offer and now you have leverage to go raise capital and you know you know exactly how you're going to deploy that capital well like I think that might be a good reason to raise capital, but like mm. I think just like challenging yourself and like really thinking about like is this the single most important thing to growing the sure. business, right? right? Um, you know that that's a conversation that I don't think enough people have with themselves. Right. Uh, speaking about like again, uh, you know, approaching the market, capturing the market. You said in in the previous you know one of previous answers that. Uh, you didn't see a huge market and then you kind of pivoted, right? Like, you know, uh, how did like YC, uh, how did you get into YC or even like, you know, for the question is more of if there is no market post funding, how did you even pitch that the market existed? Like, you know, to these VC firms, like A, you know, do you raise on conviction, promise? Uh, like hey we'll go big xyz we, we show like this you know beautiful uh canvases and whatnot and b if you don't capture the market how do you communicate with vcs you know or even like yc like hey we tried our best talk to me about the the both like you know both phases of you know building a startup yeah i i do think it's Obviously, you know, having the numbers to back you up is great. But I do think that like a lot of um, pitching the market has to do with uh, telling the story, right? And so the story for us is just like, look, that the circumstances were right. Even though this wasn't a huge market at the time, um, the circumstances were right to help to cause it to blow up and become really big. Mm. And we... Uh, 
we just painted that picture, which is like, look, we these are the factors we think uh, are affecting it. And at the time, it was obviously COVID and you mm-hmm. know a lot of changes in the world that were happening. And so we said, this is how where we see the world is going. And if it does go this way, they'll need something like this, like this product. And so, um, right. And we talked about how we were well equipped to, to capture that market. So, yeah, that's like that's the story we told. Um, it didn't exactly pan out that way because then you know in a lot of ways like COVID kind of just, you know stopped and I think it's very good because you know I think we we got a vaccine and people got back to their normal lives but like the the market didn't materialize in the way we thought and so that I think then changes things in terms of like expectations then it's like okay well if this market mm-hmm. didn't materialize then like what what are the options and so at that point you can fold or you can try something else and so that's when you can basically try to pivot into a different market. And that's, I think that requires a lot of courage and it, it's very hard, but I, I do think it requires a lot of um, courage from founders to be able to be very honest with them and, and see that they're going towards a dead end and, and be right. able to adjust. It's uh, yeah, it's, it's scary, but I think it's, it's necessary sometimes to survive. Got it. Got it. Yeah. I mean, building a startup itself is hard and you know changing the route changing the direction going after something that you are not you didn't start for like that that's purpose change uh you know it's it it feels pivots always feels like a distraction but if you handle it right like you said being honest with yourself with your team with your investors and being transparent hey we tried this happened i think that's like the smoothest way i would say look handle a pivot like you know you know spoken to like many founders like yourself who handle pivots in in a seamless way so uh we go back to the same thing be very transparent be very honest uh, with yourself and with your you know with others let's you yeah. know you've hired people yeah we, you, you've hired people uh at virtually and you know again uh it's really hard one of the hardest things in startups is hiring the right people right folks uh talk to me about your hiring process how do you filter talent how do you like you know pick people what are the qualities that you look in yeah that's a great question i think it just comes down to two principles that we cared a lot about which was just low ego and a growth mindset Mm. um i think i just it came down to like a lot of honestly my personal preference uh which (laughs) is i you know i just love working with people who are incredibly open-minded open to being Mm. wrong uh and want to who are ambitious who who want to mm. grow want to get better and so mm. um we just tried to filter on that as much as possible we didn't always get it right but um when whenever we could we tried to reconcile the mistakes and then uh, learn from them mm. i love that it's very hard to uh you know work with people who are fixated in their own ways right so it's for the best. Uh, we we invite people who are like, okay, let's you know pivot. Yes, we're going bootstrapped. Yes, like you know, who say yes to? I'm not saying yes to everything, but at least like being open to like accepting the fact that uh, change is not something that you should hate for. Uh, I want to definitely talk talk about reflow, but one couple of more questions on virtually side. Talk to me about the hurdles. Like you and I, we've we had so many calls. Uh, you know, it was like you know, fortunate to be on the advisory board. Like for for some time, we we, we chatted about like distribution. You know, how to go on product hunt and all that. Uh, GTM and all the stuff. So talk to me about the hurdles uh, that you faced 
the the lows um we we all we all have the highs and pretty much like you know it, it's the same but the lows are different from case to case so walk me through what it what it is like to you know go through from a to exit and what are the some of the you know low moments you had how did you handle and how did you overcome yeah that's a good it's a good question um i think the biggest hurdle was probably just the journey to finding kind of uh product market fit and just like what is a sustain what is the right audience to go after and what's the right thing to build and how do you reach them right just mm-hmm. i think those are the three questions to answer to get product market fit and that's really hard because it's like three changing variables mm-hmm. and so you know focus like honestly we just tried to do too much i i you know when trying to get your early customers people try like all these different things and now i've come to learn that it's just you just need one product that you sell to one audience and you have one way to reach them that's all you need to get to your first million dollars of revenue and so it's just like i think just a laser focus on that would have been better but we didn't have it i think we just tried to do too much in terms of go to market mm. we tried webinars and we tried podcasts and we tried like social media and blog posts and it's just like at the end of the day the one thing that worked for us more than anything was just like sales just like outbound selling and so i wish you know we had just focused our efforts on that um with one specific audience uh, and i think we would have just accomplished more if we had done that but we just uh mm. we didn't and so that made i think that made that journey much longer than i i think it could have been i think we could have found much better traction much sooner had we just tried to do less to be honest mm. i love that trying i think less is enough <laughs> and we all learn in our own way about uh dealing that you know some some I think it's better to like fail about less is enough that the whole philosophy than literally doing less in the beginning because uh you don't know the value of you know uh what it means to do laser focused on one thing before you basically do everything <laughs> so I love that uh yeah I would love to talk about your next project reflow talk to me about it how are you excited about like you know doing this in a different way with all the lessons you learned with virtually uh yeah i'm excited about reflow yeah me too yeah so reflow is my latest project tbd if we'll keep that name i really like it but getting getting the okay. domain is is tricky so um yeah so we basically with reflow there's a couple of principles that i'm thinking about again uh, just applying from virtually is just like you know, great, great market, right? Going after great opportunity. And so I actually started my career at Facebook building our internal HRS. So I got kind of exposure mm. very early on to just like a lot of like HR processes and like what it takes um, to run kind of people operations internally. And so um, when I kind of saw all the amazing AI technology come out, I thought my head went there first in terms of like, mm. what is what is a role that's just incredibly tedious, incredibly manual, right um mm. and just empowering those people to be able to do more with less and so with reflow mm. we're essentially building the ai assistant for for the hr function uh to mm. basically help hr teams basically do more with less mm. um 
again going back going back to less is enough yeah exactly exactly <laughs> so um there's a lot of things in the hr role which are incredibly tedious incredibly difficult um that just like spend require a lot of manual hours but it's not necessarily something that's high leverage for these folks mm. to be doing um mm. a lot of like you know spending a lot of time in their inbox and then um just holding other people accountable for tasks they need to do and so uh, we're in the early stages. We're, I mean, we're still figuring out our identity right now, but mm. um, that's the direction we're going in right now, which is just like, hey, just there's this amazing Sorry. technology now we have with AI and LLMs, yeah. and you know, what are you know what are the enterprise use cases here that can help right. people basically help businesses take advantage of this te- te- technology so that right. they can you know focus on driving their business metrics and so. Um, awesome. Yeah, so I think we, we want to go after kind of any operation heavy roles, but HR is just a thing. It seemed like a natural starting point. Um, mm-hmm. And then we'll hopefully expand to other use cases within the enterprise, just finance or legal or IT. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. Excited, excited to try Reflow. Uh, operation sucks, man. Oh, my God. Uh, it's so tedious, at least for people who are uh, who hate it. You know, it's a blessing you that you're building Reflow. Uh, what is what is an ambitious goal you are chasing, uh, Ish? Yeah, absolutely. I, I I would say that I think uh, reflow, at least with reflow, you know, one of the things we we want to do is obviously like become very profitable very early on. So I think I would love it if you know, Shrat, you know, we're talking this time next year, and I would mm. love to be able to tell you, look, reflow is profitable, right? We're completely self sustainable and. You know, we mm. may have taken on some capital, but we don't need to take any more off. Right. Uh, that'll be hard. It'll be a really hard journey, but I'm excited to just dig in and try to see if we can get it done. Um, I would be just very proud of us if we can get to that stage uh, one year from now. Mm. I love that. I wish you, you know, of course, you know, rooting for you big time. Uh, it's been a blast talking to you, Ish. And any, any closing thoughts? I'm literally taking notes. <laughs> that's what i'm doing <laughs> uh, any any closing thoughts anything that you want to sh- share with us like you know yeah i mean honestly uh thank you for listening to me ramble about my experiences hopefully you know my experiences help somebody out there yeah. um yeah i mean i think to kind of in conclusion i would just say like if you're out there and you want to build something just go for it just don't make the same mistakes as me just uh mm. um build something people want to buy uh yeah. that's like just a huge huge lesson um i remember actually i've been reading i think thomas edison's uh, uh biography recently and that's one of the things is like you know he would that's how he measured his success was he would build things and then he would sell he would try to sell them because that's like the best way to find that somebody values what you built and so yeah that's it's really hard but yeah, just build build stuff people want to buy. And I think if you can do that consistently, you're going to build a really great business. And that's amazing. Where can people find you, Ish? Yeah, so uh, I'm less active on the socials these days, but yeah, connect with me on LinkedIn, just Ish space Bade, B-A-I-D. Uh, and then I'm also on LinkedIn, Ish, uh, Ish Bade. Um, yeah, would lo- feel free to reach out. I- I'd love to love to chat. Awesome. Ish, always like, you know, pleasure to talk to you. It, it, you know, it's so refreshing. Uh, I'm rooting for you with the reflow and everything that you're doing. 
you've kind of achieved this mindset in i one biggest 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 takeaway from this episode even for me uh and people who who generally try to apply uh, or get into vc is the goal is not getting to vc or the goal is not getting people's other people's money into your company i think the goal is fundamentally to build your own business and seek help when you when it comes to seeking help that is i think the biggest takeaway because i'm 100% sure 90% people they start business thinking that if i get this i'll get to a stage where the business gets self sustainable wrong i feel that is the biggest takeaway at least to me uh, i'm taking away from this episode talking to you uh man that change that that will change a lot of things even i do in the you know in 2024 so you know thank you for that thank you for sharing you of know course. that nugget of wisdom yeah. and appreciate you for taking time during oh, thank thanksgiving you for having so, me. Was, this was a blast yeah we should we should do this often probably uh but yeah let's keep let's keep hustling we are we are builders uh, we do things for you know for ourselves and put it out so that other people can benefit out of it and yeah that's a wrap folks uh stay tuned we have of, of course like in you know, awesome vc founders lined up for the next next episodes so coming along but thank you for your attention to listen read the blog and you know uh, share it with the friends so appreciate you all cheers